0: Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer, and today we're going to be talking to my good friend, Josiah Kaufman. Now, Josiah Kaufman was a Navy SEAL operator for 11 years. Four of those years, he spent actually training at BUDS and taking people through Navy SEAL training. He now runs a program called SEAL Ready, where he helps hundreds of operators get ready to make it through the world's most elite military training program. Uh, anywhere, that is the Navy SEALs. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what it really takes to become a Navy SEAL. Uh, We're going to dig into how he overcomes fear and how he teaches others to overcome fear and build a rock-solid warrior mindset. And the number one thing that you need to focus on to make sure that you never quit at the things that really matter to you. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Don't forget to uh, follow our podcast and subscribe on iTunes. And Make sure that if you're looking for our book, Shit You Don't Learn in College, to check it out on Amazon. You can also go to www.sydlicbook.com to grab it right now and get over $3,000 of free training and programs as well. That's www.sydlicbook.com. I'll see you in there. All right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today, we're going to be talking with my good friend and client, Josiah Kaufman. Yes, sir. Josiah, you've got a lot of expertise. You help uh, Navy SEALs. Well, you help Navy SEALs become Navy SEALs. You were a Navy SEAL yourself. You did SEAL training for, for years. So we're going to get uh, dig into all of that. But I'd love for everybody to understand uh, your story. Obviously, you know, growing up to wanting to become a Navy SEAL, becoming a Navy SEAL, then becoming an instru- instructor, joining the civilian world and now teaching others to be batshit crazy like you and do the shit that you did. So t- let's yeah, let's man. fill
1: everybody let's, in and then we can go from there. Let's dig in. So yeah, I, I mean, I really, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was young. So in high school I was like very directionless and I yeah. completely- Which is pretty much all of us. Uh, very, very much so. Very much all of us. And I was a complete nerd, to be honest. Yeah. Like I was very skinny. I was, you know, as a piano player, I was just, like my mom teaches piano. There's no way that you would see, like if you saw a picture when I was 14, 15, like, yeah, there's no way that kid's ever going to go into that is not, the military. Yeah. It was not me. So, but then 9-11 happened. Yeah. And it was like, wow. Okay. So if I'm, here's my trajectory for life right now. And it's definitely not going the military route. It's not going that service route. But then a big event happened in, in you know, world history. And it was, what am I going to do in this point? And it, I have a very strong sense of justice. Yeah. And that was kind of just building in my life. So at that point I was like, you know what, if I... If I can do anything, I'm gonna go into the military. When I get out of high school, I'm gonna go and join the military. And then I was just searching around to see what I wanted to do. And Navy SEALs became the, the top pick for me. I knew I yeah. wanted to become the best of the best. If I was gonna serve, I was gonna go serve with the best. There's yeah. no other no other option for me. Well, my parents were completely against it at okay. that point. So 17 years old, graduating high school, they were they were like dead set on me going to business school. Yeah. So I joined a community uh, college. So
0: far the other direction. Completely
1: the opposite <laughs> direction. I, sh- I shouldn't have been going the military route either. Yeah. My dad was a conscientious objector ah. during Vietnam. So basically he was, for religious purposes, he was like, yeah, you're, I'm not going to ever serve. I don't believe in fighting. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Yeah. So for me to go against him was very challenging. That's a lot. It was a lot, yeah. But I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to serve. So I was you know really skinny kid, didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I just started training. I just started randomly training, doing what I could. This was back in 2005-ish, yeah. so there wasn't a whole lot of information on being a SEAL at that point. There's just a couple books out there, and I just started training like crazy, just doing everything I yeah. could. I was doing 24-hour hikes. I was doing...
0: Uh, You're basically just like, I know that I'm going to have to be crazy, and I'm going to have yes. to do a lot, so I'm just going to go push my body, push my mind exactly. as far as we can go. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I, di- I didn't know anything about training to be a SEAL, but I just started doing a bunch of crazy stuff. So if you think of David Goggins is now like the guy that, that yeah, everybody wants yeah. to look at. I didn't, I wouldn't say I was touching anything near that, but at the same time I was getting out of my comfort zone yeah. and that was huge for me. So I gave myself three years of training before I actually showed up huh. to, to boot camp because I knew I, I had to grow.
0: You had to unskinny uh, yourself a yeah, little bit. It, and, yeah. it was,
1: it was, it, it was a process, but I knew what I wanted to accomplish and I had a really strong why, like that yeah. reason why, and that was huge for me.
0: Like that's so, that's so rare for somebody that young, yeah. right? Like most of us, you know, it's like for me, well, it's like I I did later join the Air Force and ended up getting kicked out. But, um, you know, for me it was like, you know, when I was 18 and people are telling me like, what do you want to do with your life? I'm like, I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. I just got done partying and you know, I think that girl in Spanish is pretty cute. Like that's, that's as far as I know, right? Like,
1: (laughs) yeah, there's not that many people that have that focus early on. Which maybe, you know, maybe makes me think back and like, mammy, I was maybe I was a little like crazy at the time. Yeah. You have to be a little bit crazy to want to go this route. Yeah. You know, you're putting your body under a lot of stress in training and then you go through buds. It is the the toughest military training uh, pipeline to go through. So you have to be a little bit bonkers. I think I was, <laughs> I was I was just I needed to to separate from my past yeah. and move forward into what I felt called to do. So yeah, I joined up in two thousand seven and I went to showed up to you know, boot camp first and then buds and showed up and you see studs there. Like, yeah. Like complete animals. And these guys are, they're collegiate athletes, they're swimmers, they're runners, there's guys that were going to go to the Olympics. That's a type of athlete that shows wow. up. And for me, I didn't have background in sports. Like yeah. I ran a little bit of cross country. I ran a little bit of track, played basketball on the side. So for me to show up there, it was like, dude, you are an imposter. So out of place. So out of place. However, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted it more than anything else. And that's a big part of it. You know, that's the whole like mindset part is massive. I think people say making it through BUDS to become a SEAL is 90% mental, Mm -hmm. which I mean you have to be physically capable as well as mentally. But I had a strong reason why that I wanted to become a SEAL, having the... 9-11 9-11 happened when I was in high school. And then my grandfather actually was a big part of my why. And I, I tell this to people a lot is the thing you want to go do probably... It, it doesn't really... Your why is not even that specific job mm-hmm. most often. It's like if you want to be a firefighter, you want to serve your community. Like Your why could potentially be something in your past where somebody really did something for you and maybe saved your life. Maybe you're drowning, whatever it was. Your why is serving people.
0: You're repaying that gift. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My grandfather, he went through... He was, he was a very young child when he went through the... It was Armenian Genocide. Wow, And yeah. he got, his family fled from Armenia. He went to Indonesia. Then World War II happened. He got put in a concentration camp. There's a lot of things happening. He lost his first wife. It was just crazy life. And then seeing him, what he did after concentration camp, going to California, helping his family become what they are today. And it was... if Man, if he could go through all of that, if he could go through challenges in his life, and I can go through a volunteer yeah pipeline of you know going through yeah. hell week is nothing compared to what he went
0: what through what he had what he was forced, he was to, go forced to go
1: through exactly so when I tell people hey you know think about why you want to go do this you're gonna to have to have a really good reason why you go through buds why you go through hell week yeah because if you don't have something that means something to you if you don't get emotional about something if it doesn't really drive like really you feel it in your heart yeah. if you don't feel that then you're not gonna make it yeah because when when shit you,
0: hits the fan you're going to quit you will.
1: like you're gonna ring yeah. the bell yeah cuz your your body's going to be tapped out. It's yeah. going to be cold wet and sandy for, you know, months on end and your legs will walk you to the bell to ring out to say you're done and it's going to be talking your body's going to be talking to your brain saying, "Hey, why are we staying here? Yeah. Why are we going to hang out continue on while we're cold wet and sandy, while we're lifting boats and logs, while everybody else is quitting? We're going to have to have a good reason why upstairs"
0: To say, hey, we're staying here. Geez, I couldn't I couldn't think of a better analogy for entrepreneurship either. It's the same, it's the same thing, right? Like you're you're gonna be cold, wet, and sandy for way longer than you expect, and yeah. it's gonna hurt, and your body's gonna give out. And yeah. if, if you don't have that why to drive you through every roadblock, like you quit. You
1: will. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to have that. It has to be something that it's not like, oh, I wanna be an entrepreneur because I want to make all this money. I wanna you know drive a fancy car, you know, all those are great things. It's kinda of like when you would be a Navy SEAL, yeah, you're gonna jump out of planes, you're gonna shoot guns, it's all cool. But, but really, that's not that's enough. Not that's enough. not enough
0: to make you make you make it through it.
1: No, not that's my opinion. I don't think that it is. Yeah. Because well, and if you look at the attrition rate, there's it's pretty darn high. So ninety percent attrition rate right now. So 150 guys will start and twenty people will make it wow. through.
0: So And these are like you mentioned, the top of the top. These you are, are these are Olympians. Yeah. These are, you know, collegiate athletes. Yeah. Like people that have trained for this for years.
1: 100%. So obviously you need to have your your body that's trained. But if yeah. your mind isn't dialed in, if your heart isn't in it, then you will decide it's not for you. Yeah. There's there's going to be weaknesses that come up. Obviously you can't train for everything. And I figured that out when I was going through. There's yeah. a lot of things that came up. I But the thing is, I saw people around me that were quitting that I was not as strong as they were. Yeah. I was not as fast. I you know, I wasn't necessarily the the best dude there. I was just average performer, but I had a strong why and that was what kept me through, like allowed me to continue on and make it through. Mm. When a bunch of people around me quit, your whole boat crew will quit. You know, everybody around you is quit. Yeah. They're like, dude, what am why am I staying here? Well, at
0: some point, nine out of ten people quit. Yeah. Guys,
1: and you're the only one left like, there, right? Like you'll see the numbers just whittle down. Yeah. You're know, like, wow. Okay. And that's only in four four or five weeks, they'll lose 80% of the guys that yeah. start. And uh, then you'll move into that. F- so first phase, we'll go, you'll go through Hell Week. And I went through yeah. Hell Week. And then you go through second phase. Just which is,
0: before we get on the second phase, give a little taste of Hell Week for anybody who, who isn't fully aware. Yeah, I mean, if, if you
1: look online, you can kind of Google this and you can find out about Hell Week. But really the experience of Hell Week, you're up for, it's a full week. So you start on a, like a Sunday night, I would guess it's really almost like a six day. Yeah. Six days of staying up every day you're not sleeping any at night you're cold wet and sandy the entire time you have no clue what's happening because they're always telling you to do something new so you're out there you're running with a log you're running with a boat on your head which is if you've never (laughs) ran with a boat on your head it's the most humbling experience ever for real like it will take your soul if you are not prepared for boats on head You'll see more guys quit before boats on head evolution than anything else. Wow. So you'll just imagine doing that while you're tired, while you're cold, while you're chafed and sandy. Yeah. And a new group of instructors rotates in every four or five hours. So they're fresh. So they're fresh. They're fresh. They're ready to eat you alive. And and winter classes are even worse because the sun sets early. Yeah. It's colder and the wind's blowing. So at night, especially, is the worst time of hell week because the sun is setting, a new instructor Mm. you know a group of guys rotate in and they are hungry they are hungry you hear them come on the bullhorns and you're probably just sitting there eating some mres right now just trying to get some energy down. something yeah Yeah, and and then the new group rolls in you're like okay you know here we go again yeah and then off you are running you know at the end of your rope running with a boat and a log trying to trying to just survive yeah and it's it is i i would say The human experience is brought to a point during hell week that you can never, even looking back, you're like, I don't even know how I made it through that. Yeah. I've worked hell weeks as an instructor. There's
0: nothing nothing logical at that point. There has to be something deeper that's just like not letting you stop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I I actually worked hell weeks as an instructor on the other side of things. Yeah. I hated it. I hated working hell weeks because I would see these kids go through torture for this freaking week. And you're like, "I, I just... I can work the hell week, but I can't work that many of them because yeah. Just so you you see it, and you you see these guys are chafed and how badly they want it. You're right. like, wow, I went through that, and I see these kids going through it. And you're like, this is th- there is a point where it's it just gets insane. Yeah, it gets insane. But there's you can make it if you've mentally and physically prepared. And of course, there's you know everybody says you have to want it. Mm-hmm. You have to want it badly, and if you don't, you're gonna find yourself walking to the bell and ringing out. The other part of it too is if you're a weak link, you're going to be pushed out from underneath your boat or log. So by your buddies, wow. yeah, not even by the instructors.
0: Yeah, so the team will basically push you out as the weak link because yeah. you're holding back the team. Yes, wow. so it's ruthless. Yeah.
1: In any case, once you make it through first phase, so no trophies
0: for for everybody in eh, that one. That's not the.
1: I guess it's not the way. <laughs> that's done. not the
0: way that it's done in the Navy SEALs. Not quite. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: but there's a reason, you know, and it, it's it's it works. Right. Yeah. You have to weed out those people that shouldn't be there that don't wanna be there. Yeah.
0: So fill fill me in on that for anybody who's listening and is like, well, you guys are dicks. Like what's yeah. the what's the reason? Why is this so important as you're going through to become that top of the top? Yeah, well,
1: there's the thing is there's gonna when you are downrange, so this the whole reason of going through buds is when you're downrange, you need to trust your buddy yeah. that he can go through hell with yeah. you next to you, that he's not gonna run and ring out. Because he's gotta have make, your life. Yeah, exactly. You only when you're downrange, you're in a group of maybe Four to ten operators. There are yeah. missions I was on where there's four of us. We are on mini subs. We we're driving off. We we're piloting a mini sub off the coast of a country. You don't want to get get caught.
0: A country that you're not allowed to tell me right now exactly. where that country is. Exactly. Yeah. So if
1: you were to come to the surface, it would be a bad a yeah. bad day for everyone. So there's four of you. You have to trust everybody to that next level. So if you are downrange or you're getting shot at, so that happened in Afghanistan, you're getting shot at. You you cannot. You can't wonder if your buddy's going to have your back or not. In that moment, you have to trust. And the brotherhood is developed during buds where when you're a SEAL, you know everybody's been through Hell Week. You know yeah. everybody's been We, we were that.
0: literally just talking about this because in entrepreneurship, it's different, right? You don't know when you're bringing on people and team yeah. members. It's like you don't know what this person's yeah, about. Right? You don't have no – like so you've got to learn that and figure it out where it's like when you've gone through the SEALs, like you look to your left, you look to your right. You're like this person's got me. 100%. Yeah.
1: I don't recommend entrepreneurs go through like a <laughs> prior to getting launched in the you yeah. know in the team, but you know there it is good to, to see. Hey,
0: maybe it's a good idea. We're gonna start implementing I mean, that. Everybody at HIC at high impact coaching, we're gonna be putting everybody through all week.
1: Go through my course and then we'll Okay, perfect. If, Sounds uh, good. Sounds good. It. Yeah. So that's the physical part is first phase. Everybody knows about first phase and buds. That's like yeah. when weed everybody out. Second phase is all mindset. That's yeah. you have to follow procedures. You have to be able to stay calm under pressure. Literally. So you're in a pool, you have twin 80s on your back, the old school tanks, you have double hose regulator. And I was instructed there for four years and it's actually quite fun because you get to, you get to basically drown people. Oh, that sounds real in, fun. In a safe yeah. environment. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I feel really safe in this room with you right I, now. I know <laughs> you love to drown people. It's, it's <laughs> You'll see their eyes bug out. In any case, it happened to me. But it's a very safe environment. But what you yeah. do, you basically take a kid who's never, probably you've never dove in the water before. A lot of these kids have never, yeah. they've never been on closed circuit or open circuit diving. And you take them from a point of never diving to seven weeks later, they're planning their own dive. They're diving on rebreathers. Wow. They, are com- they can hit targets, multiple targets in Coronado Bay. Like, it's, it's pretty impressive. But that first week, actually two weeks, there's a process of going through basic open water or open, I guess you call it, diving skills. If they can't pass those dives they can't keep moving on yeah. it's all mental it's all procedures yeah so in this final test that we have it's called pool comp it's a certain amount of time that we're down there messing with the with the student and it's a free-for-all you are basically it's a it's a fight it's a it's freaking rodeo underwater yeah where you're shaking their tanks you're t- pulling them off their back and there's a set procedure they have to follow and if they miss a strap, they don't maybe it's three-finger tab, or maybe it's three-finger loop, or they forget to trace from their horns, or whatever it is that the procedure is, they fail. Yeah. And we're we're looking to see if they follow procedures because if they can
0: if they can keep doing that yeah. while everything's blowing up around them. Exactly.
1: So you can't in training, you can't shoot bullets at somebody to see yeah. what they do, right? Yeah. That would not work out very well. So what they do is you put you in pool comp to see if yeah. you can handle stress. It's a very safe environment. There's safety divers everywhere but we're looking to see if they can handle the stress. Yeah. So if they foot plant and they look like they're gonna to shoot to the to the surface in a nine foot pool, not, number one is a safety thing, but also we're looking to see if they can handle the, the stress because you'll watch them exhale the air and you know they're they're not on a breath hold at that point. That's when you pull the mouthpiece out. So yeah. they've let all their air out, that you pull the mouthpiece out, you tie a knot in their hose, and then you go to the surface on, you know, you're on a breath hold and you go on a, go to the surface and you just watch them. You just look down and you see, Okay, well, what are they doing first? They're gonna check their error, they're gonna go through the procedures. If they miss one little thing, the test is done. Yeah. They get a few more attempts at it. I took me into my fourth attempt to pass. Yeah. And that I mean, it's you have to be following procedure. You have to. And that's the thing. When you have when you have something that's very stressful, you're gonna go back to what you know. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you're not gonna to go to you're not gonna just wing it and somehow it works out. Most often, if you get in a firefight overseas or whatever's happening. To go back to your you've, training
0: you've got to have the training the system to go back and fall into 100 yeah so
1: they're learning procedures which is important they learn that before they actually get a handgun or a rifle in their hands in yeah. third phase so it's it's another big test gate most guys i would say most guys pass that and they mm-hmm. move on to third phase which is where the fun starts yeah shooting guns blowing things up it's it's a lot of fun you get to go out to san clemente island and all that which is great but really <laughs> if you think about it buds is a, it's a job interview for six months. Yeah. And that's, that's the reality of it. Guys are like, oh, I just want to go to Bud's. I want to become a SEAL. And they're thinking about being trained to be a SEAL. But that doesn't really happen until after that. Yeah. So you just understand there's a process to it. There's going to be time that you're going to have to dedicate to this. And this is something you have to want for six months. They're going to be testing you to see if you have what it takes.
0: So, like, as you're going through this process, obviously, like, going through it, like you mentioned, you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about the other people that you're going through it with. Like the skills that you learn going through that process and then obviously training for four years, training BUDS uh, for four years. Like what are some of the invaluables that people learn that are applicable to the rest of their life, whether it's entrepreneurship mm-hmm. or anything like that? Yeah. Well, one of the,
1: you learn a lot about yourself, of course, during BUDS and SPG. Yeah. So SEAL qualification training comes after and then time in the SEAL teams. You've ju- you, know, you just start that process and it's a year long to become a SEAL. Yeah. So it's only one year. You learn so much about yourself. I would say some of the biggest things is you learn that you, you have to trust who you are and what your goals are because other people around you are going to decide it's not for them. Man. So it makes it strong for yourself, whatever your goals are, whatever your why is. I love that. Also, it, it forces you to be real with yourself. You have almost. to be. Yeah. You have to be true to who you are. Yeah. And that's a it's a tough place to come to sometimes because you have to be honest with yourself and, it's, and honestly, that's one thing we have to figure out for everybody. It's like, hey, you know, maybe you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur. Maybe that's not the right thing for you yeah. right now, potentially. And that's better that you figure that out early rather than going yeah. through.
0: Maybe you want it for the wrong reasons. Exactly, yeah.
1: potentially. So that's a big one, just getting to know yourself better. I would say also learning procedures like we talk about. In the second phase, you're learning how to follow procedures. There is, if you just wing it and you just yeah. want to go do whatever in life, it's not going to work out. It's like when you jump out of a plane. Yeah. There's a set procedure you have to take. To, uh, and then we can dig into the fear thing. You jump out of a plane, you, it's very, very scary. Very, very, <laughs> the first time I jumped out of a plane, you're not strapped to an instructor. They're jumping out with you, yeah. looking at you as you jump out. The first time you go out, it's very terrifying. So there's set procedure you learn during BUDS and then SQT. And while you're going and jumping out of planes, you're diving, you're shooting guns. Like There's so many procedures you learn, standard operating procedures that you can fall back on. And you learn that there's... It's okay to have you know, to have days where you, you screw up, where you make yeah. mistakes, but at some point you have to become a master at, like, good or great at everything. Yeah. And I think some people just, I they think, want to be good at one or two I things. Think,
0: I think that's, yeah, I think that's really good, though. I think a lot of people, especially maybe in today's age, thanks to social media, it's all, like, we want quick wins, we want everything yeah. fast, but, like, to get really good or master something, like, it takes practice, it takes iterations, it mm-hmm. takes time to, like, really hammer that in so that when shit does hit the fan, like you mentioned, you fall back into that system, and it right. just becomes regular, it's like muscle memory.
1: Yeah, and it's the, if you wanna be an entrepreneur, you, you should learn all the aspects of the business. Mm-hmm. Not just, okay, I'm gonna be a, a coach, or I'm gonna be in sales, or whatever it is, but you, yeah. you have to touch everything, and you have to have that baseline knowledge of the whole system, because if you just are great at one thing, and you have no idea what's happening in finances, or no idea what's happening in sales, at some point, that's going to be your weak link. It's going to come bite you in the ass. It's going to take yeah. you out. Yeah. So guys are training to become a SEAL. You have to think about becoming good or really great at everything across the board. Yeah. A SEAL operator when it's-, it's all... not,
0: It's not, you know, uh jack of all trades, master of none. It's master of all trades. Master of all trades. <laughs> exactly. Now you can specialize in one
1: thing, but you need to have that yeah. level that you can do everything. If you yeah. needed to, you could do every task, you know- well, in your business you know what needs to be done in that area and if yeah. it's not being done you have you can have an idea of what's going on yeah so as a seal you can't say hey i can i can jump out of planes i can shoot guns but i can't dive you yeah. have to be able to do everything yeah you know you have to be able to take it i drager that. that's and, i think that's yeah. such a
0: such a good parallel for entrepreneurship too we talk about this all the mm-hmm. time right it's like as the ceo of the business yeah you're bringing people on you're growing you're delegating but it's like You know, if you don't know, like if I didn't know how to do lead generation or how to do Facebook ads at some point, well, how do I know if the person who's doing the Facebook ads is doing a good job? Exactly. Like I have to know that pretty damn well to begin with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, you're taking ownership for the whole process. Yeah. And
1: as a SEAL, you have, like I mentioned, you you have some high level tasks, missions you're going to go do. And the country that you're serving (laughs) is relying on you to not screw it up. Yeah. So you have to be good or great at everything. I I love that. It's, it's, I mean, as an early, so I was 23 or 24 years old and we were off the coast of some country and you're like, there's kids back home that they're still living with their parents at this age. I'm off doing a national tasking right now. And uh, it was just a a moment where I was like, you know what? I think I'm in the right place. (laughs) I'm pretty cool. I'm I'm kind of cool right now. I'm there's, pretty cool. There's nobody else that can do what I'm doing right now, and there's, there's a moment of pride, you know. You're yeah. like, you know, you put the you put the work in, and now you're you're reaping those rewards. I love that. Nobody knows what nobody knows what you're doing. You know, the world does not know what you're doing. The only people that know where you are, what you're doing, is a small group of people. The president signs off on your freaking mission yeah. for some of this stuff. And there's a sense of uh, pride and 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 like knowing that you have something bigger to play into the world, which is, yeah, is a it really set me off on a good foot. I was never an entrepreneur; I didn't know business or anything. But at least I knew I can I can figure it out. I'll, I'm
0: I'm gonna face some actually. Let's talk about that. But I'm right. gonna face some fears and I'm gonna yeah. face some shit. You know, you and I have talked about this a decent amount. Uh, but obviously, like you've been you've been off the coast of countries you probably shouldn't have been around. You've been in firefights. You've been in all these situations where. You're in real life or death situations, not even just life or death situations, but situations that could cause global conflict, Mm -hmm. right? And one of the things that you and I talked about was when you became an entrepreneur, one of the things that was scariest for you and like, like caused a lot of fear was actually leaving your nine to five to fully jump into entrepreneurship. Talk to me about that. Like that blows my mind because I think there's a lot of people out there that, Mm -hmm. you know, they, we, we talk about entrepreneurship and the fears that it brings up and, And, you know, it's like we compare it to like, yeah, your body thinks you're actually, you know, you're in fight or flight mode. It thinks Mm -hmm. you're going to die. Right. And you've been in a lot of these life or death situations and you're still saying like that shit is real. Scariest thing I've ever done, to be honest. So when you.
1: Which is crazy to me. It's so (laughs) true. The problem with it is so you never get you never get to that point where fear doesn't
0: touch you. You never get to the point where, yeah, you never get to the point where you're just like. Okay, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm not uncomfortable with anything. I can handle everything. There's always different areas that you yeah. can expand it into. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, really when I got out of the military, this was
1: in 2017, and I, my wife wanted to go get her master's degree, and I was going to get out of the military and get my master's <laughs> degree. Like, everybody... You know, you you get, you to decide, hey, am I going to do 10 years in the military or am I going to do 20 or what am I going to do? Yeah, get the the retirement. Exactly. So I did 10 years and I was, you know what, we're going to start having kids. We're going to, I want to get schooling in and my wife wanted to finish her school. So we decided to get out. I was at that 11 year mark in the teams and it was time to move on. So I got out. We had a nice savings from selling our house here in San Diego. We moved overseas to England for about a year and... While I was over there, I, I couldn't find a, a job. I was trying to finish my school. I couldn't do that very well from overseas, obviously. I did get an internship in, in corporate. I went worked at Goldman Sachs down on Fleet Street, down the middle of London, nice. which was a really crazy experience to go there, but I couldn't land the job after the internship. I worked yeah. there for three months and then could not land the job because I was a foreigner. You know, an yeah. American working in London wasn't working out. They were going through Brexit at the time. So in any case, I couldn't land that job. We were watching our savings just get dwindle yeah. just go down to nothing we moved back to the states after she finished her master's and we had four grand at the bank like yeah four grand we had just a, you know had a kid he's you know five at the time and we had to figure something out so we moved back it was kind of embarrassing but we had to move back to my hometown near my parents i lived with them for a little while and I, we found this tiny little house to rent and i got this and we had to buy cars again on credit. Like we had nothing. We had four grand in yeah. the bank, but we had to start from scratch. At that point, we didn't have a house. We didn't have savings. We didn't have any cars because we sold yeah. those prior to going. So it was just like going down to. You're the, literally back down to Back down zero. to zero. Nothing. And, yeah. and my background as a SEAL was almost like nothing. Like I'd done nothing. Because people <laughs> yeah. in, in, where I grew up didn't. It's care. like
0: you have expertise in. You know, using a rebreather yeah. to encroach on enemy territory underwater. Yeah. Like <laughs> You have to translate all that stuff into
1: real world. Like yeah. a civilian job. I tried it. I got my LinkedIn. I did the, yeah. uh, I fixed my resume. I did all the things you're supposed to do. Yeah. None of it was working. So I got, it's kind of embarrassing, but I got a sales job, door-to-door salesman. And uh, working for a restoration company. We also did hoarder cleanup. Yeah. So I, I was taking myself from, man. Taking national taskings as Navy SEAL to a hoarder cleanup. Yeah, and I was like, I am at the ground level. Yeah, like, this is not working. This is not working. So I started searching for jobs. I finally got my land on my nine to five, which is the big thing for everybody that get out of the military. They want, they need that. I need something I need stable. Something. Yes. Yeah. So I locked in a job in real estate market research here in Solana Beach. Yeah. And I didn't know nothing. I didn't know anything about real estate. I knew yeah. nothing, and they they. They were like, you know, we're going to give this kid a shot. You know, he's, he's been a Navy SEAL. He has, he has a master's degree. He has a few things that, you know, we can kind of use, but we're going to give him a shot. So they gave me a shot and I, and I, I did well at it. But during that time it was, this was COVID. This is 2020 during that year. uh, I was having kind of this new thought that like, maybe this isn't the right thing for me. Maybe real estate isn't what I want to do. We bought a house here in San Diego. I was not happy in my nine to five. Things were not aligning. I was feeling pulled back towards the military. I, I wanted to go serve again. It was just a very confusing time. And I was feeling a lot of fear. Especially yeah. everybody was during the you know the first part. Uncertainty, of the, yeah. and just lack of clarity of what was going on next. Yeah, it was scary. So we had, you know, we had, we're paying off two cars. We had four grand in the bank. We're barely making ends meet here in San Diego, working real estate. And then I got this crazy idea. What if I did my own thing? Yeah. You know, what if I did my own thing? And, That's when we started, I reached out to you and that's when we started working together doing the coaching and I had already been thinking about helping people that want to be SEALs and I had this dream, a goal of of helping more guys that want to be SEALs. There's this massive, there's so much information out there on becoming an elite performer, becoming a new SEAL, none of that's helping anybody. Yeah. None of that's helping anybody. So I wanted to create something new that could help people, but I didn't know what to do. I'd never been an entrepreneur, I'd never been a business owner we had no money. Like, how yeah. am I going to do this? I had no idea. So I started Instagram and then I found you on Instagram. I was <laughs> yeah. looking at coaches, like, what, what do I do? Yeah. And then I found you. And that's when we started working together the summer of 2020. 20, yeah. And the biggest thing that was my holdup was well, my nine to five. That's forcing me to work a consulting hours where you have to max out your day with hours or else yeah. you don't get paid. And then in the evening was when I could work on my business. So I was yeah. working the nine to five. We had just had a baby. I was going to say,
0: at this point, you now have two kids. We had just had a baby. Yeah. yeah.
1: I was thinking about becoming, you know, becoming an entrepreneur. COVID was happening with the uncertainty in the world. I had locked in my first job for, you know, my first uh, year in a good paying job. Mm-hmm. They had they had actually fired or not, they didn't fire. They let go my manager above me due to COVID, and I was like, "Wow, right, holy shit, this is this is on the rocks." I think, yeah. like they let her go, and I'm still staying around. This is maybe not going to work out for me so yeah. well. So I was thinking about new all these new ideas, and that's when we talked about deciding to move on from my nine to five towards yeah. coaching thing, and that's where I was like.
0: I I remember that I remember these conversations, scary, man. Because you know, journey. like we were having those conversations, and I was just like, yeah. "Dude!" And I remember telling you, I was like, "You just don't see, you do not see what I see, because I saw yeah. so much potential in what you were doing and and the direction." But like you mentioned, like there was so much fear because yeah. now you had you had the debts, you had the mortgage, you had the kids to worry about, you had so much pulling yeah. on you. You were no longer just a twenty three year old kid. No. That could do whatever, right? Like you—you you had a lot of other stuff that you were now responsible for that was really close and pulling on your heart. Yeah, and that makes that makes for a tough decision, man. Yeah, it did. So, what do you what do you do to overcome fears like that? Because obviously, you left. You're I left. know you yeah. left. In case anybody was wondering, he did leave. His he did business, make it his business grew rapidly afterwards. But
1: thanks to Xander. Yes, um, so, and that was—I mean, the moving through fear thing. I I had felt fear many many times in the past, and every. Every time you go on the other side of fear is a breakthrough. There's, yeah. going to be, there's that next level of, of life that you're going to experience that is going to be greater than the By the way, in I our
0: future now. coaching, I'm going to tell you that you said that. Whenever you. you come up with something, I want to remind you that you said on, Record on, that little clip, on the other side of every time I have fear, there's a massive breakthrough.
1: <laughs> That's so true, though. Every time I've done that, I've moved forward and yeah. I've seen things work out. And you have to face fear. I don't care what it is. I know there's... Everybody has something different. He's like, yeah. maybe you haven't been a SEAL. Maybe you haven't done anything like that. It doesn't matter. Like none of that really matters. You're, everybody faces fear. Yeah. And I face fear every, every day. And it's every. all relative to be it honest. Is. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Like, and you never really get over it, but there's going to be a time where you're going to have to say, this is where I take a stand. This is where I'm going to lean into it. And you're going to have to do that because anybody that moves forward in life, you're, I mean, if you live, if you're a human, you're going to face fear. Yeah. And I don't care. There's going to be some point where it feels where you you freeze you're gonna yeah. you feel like you're gonna freeze up and that's actually the point where you're gonna have to move forward through that there's faith or fear you can either have one or the other and or you can you know you can have faith through fear right you're gonna have <laughs> yeah. to have courage i think some people they discredit themselves they think okay well this is my max you know this is yeah. as far as i can go this is as much as i can let go i need to hold on as tightly as i can and they don't well they don't want to let go and open their hands to say what is the next so how
0: do you, how do you go through that how do you fight through that
1: figuring it out every day. <laughs> no, so what I would say, you have to go back to your why. What is it that makes you happy? What is yeah. the, the the driving force in your heart? Because at, when you're going through buds and you want that so badly, then you're gonna have to go there as well. When you yeah. when you feel like okay, what is the fear, what is the fear telling me right now? Am I am I living by that? Am I living that that code right now is it the fear code or am I going to faith and the courage route? And you can, it's always a decision. Yeah. So if you feel that fear just you gotta take a step forward and take a step of faith. I think some people want things to happen like, hey, you know, there's this opportunity that's gonna kind of fall on my lap, or I'll work in this job until I get that that raise or something. Yeah. Sometimes you're gonna have to go out there and find things that are gonna yeah. that, that are the things that you want for yourself. It's not just gonna happen to you. So it's And okay. to go do that oftentimes
0: you're gonna have to face fears. You're
1: exactly. gonna have to take that courageous action. You have to pull the trigger. Yeah. You have to do it for yourself. There's a bunch of people that want to do things, but they either they either face fear and they decide it's not for them or they, they have other voices in their head. Maybe it's their parents, maybe it's limiting beliefs that are holding them back. And it's like, you, you got to face it and you got to live your own life at some point. That was when I had to go forward and decide not to follow my parents' wishes Yeah. and become a seal and open my life up to an amazing, amazing career, an amazing future. But if I had listened to them, I would have been stuck in, the, I don't know where I would be right now. Yeah. Some piano yeah. teacher, you know? Not right here. Nerd. Not no, in this room. I would not be right yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to face it. I don't know what's going to be for anybody, What, it, how the world's going to open up for you. Also this too, I think some, some people want to say is, you know, faith, it's it's something deeper than some people want to admit. And I think that I'm not like a religious person, but I believe in there's a higher power, I believe in there's yeah. a God and that if you if you want to just um, do this on my own power, if I want to do this on my own power, then the reality is you're probably not going to make it. You're going to have to, yeah, to be honest, you're ahead.
0: probably not strong enough. You are
1: not strong enough. I know. Yeah. yeah. I, there was only some, like, a reason why I made it through Hell Week, became a Navy SEAL, and the times I spent in the career, and the reason why my marriage stayed together for 10 years while I was a team guy was we had faith. We had a higher power we were trusting in, and it's something greater than yourself. And if, yeah. it's, if you're just living for yourself, what you want in your life, it, it's like when you, nobody, when you think about becoming a warrior, you think about doing anything challenging. It's not like you want to go, and nobody really wants to go fight, you know? you don't. Yeah. But you want to protect people that you love. You want to do the right thing. You want to do the right
0: thing is, yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of the time what it is, yeah.
1: So when you feel that, that's the direction you need to go. And if that means you're going to face fear during that time, then you of have to go forward yeah. through it. So I don't know. Hopefully, that... I,
0: No, I love that because I think, you know, that's actually something we talk about in, in the book, Shit You Don't Learn in College. You know, one of, the, one of the three beliefs that we've found with the most successful people in the world, and it's not a religion thing, it's just faith. Faith yeah. and, so, and faith that, you know, for me it's always like, faith that good wins over evil that mm-hmm. that love wins over hate that yep. you know purpose over fear basically right and mm-hmm. you have to have faith that and maybe i just watched too many disney movies growing up uh, i don't know what it was but like I, yeah. i've always had faith that whatever trials mm-hmm. whatever tribulations whatever gets put in front of us there's there's a reason for it and on the other side is something great right and yeah. and that level of faith like to, whether like you mentioned whether you want to be a, an abc operator or whether you want to be a super successful entrepreneur you have to be a little bit crazy, you do. right like you have to, yeah. you're going to have to do different than what everybody else is doing, and mm-hmm. if you're doing different than everybody else, well it's not rational, so you have to have a little bit of faith that it's going to turn out in the end because if you don't yeah. you'll quit along the path hundred percent yeah, yeah, you have to have some faith
1: and also when you when you place your trust in a higher power, it, it takes a lot of the pressure off yourself. Because I mean, yeah. remember I was like, "Well, I got to get up earlier. I got to do all of these things. And it's all on me right now." But you know, if having a bit of a faith and trust in a higher power that there, there's going to be this this new opportunity that's going to open up for you. Or whatever is going to be, you have to have open hands for it. Because I think some people just this is mine. This is they clinch. Yes, you have, but you have yeah. to open freaking hands and you have to move forward. And that which is hard, especially when yeah. I when I let go of my nine to five and I move forward and be. Started into the coaching thing was man, December of 2020 was a, a scary month for me. I remember getting that text message yeah, from you. Me. Like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I don't this is, it was like gonna... December
0: 10th. That's yeah. the date or something yeah, and like that. I called
1: that. I called my boss up and told him, hey, I'm putting in my two weeks. Yeah. And it was I don't know exactly how it's gonna work out, where this is gonna go, but this is the right path for me, and this is the, the way forward. And sitting here, you know, year and a half later, and it's you know, shooting to the moon and making impact, and it's yeah. been it's been a crazy ride, but it's. It's rewarding and it, everybody has something different. You know, everybody has a different path, but find out what what it is. that's holding you back. Maybe it is some fear. Maybe you're just not wanting to commit for yourself. Yeah. It's like, dude, Your life is, you know, you have a new a story that's different than anybody else. You're the only person that can live it. Don't be living what your parents want or what you feel the society wants you to do. Go yeah. shut all that stuff out and follow your true path, man. That's the way to go. I love that, man.
0: So for, so you obviously have a program now seal ready, Um, so for anybody out there who, you know, is thinking maybe that path for them is becoming a SEAL or maybe you're just crazy enough to think that you want to go through Josiah's training, uh, like tell us more about that a little bit, who, who should go through it and then obviously how to get a hold of you or how to, how to find out more about that. Yeah.
1: So there's, I have the main program I have is a SEAL Ready program. It's for guys that really are the main client we have is guys that want to be SEALs. Yeah. It's called SEAL Ready program. We, it's a remote program. It's 12 weeks long and it's. I'm not going to lie. It's intense. It's a, it's a pretty, I, I'd hope so. Yeah. If it's going to make you seal ready. It's, a pretty, yeah. it's pretty in depth. So I want to make sure that everybody's ready. Yeah. Like I said, there's so much information out there on becoming a lead performer. There's, you know, becoming a Navy seal, but I wanted to distill it down to what is most important. Yeah. So we dig into their mindset. We're digging into their, why we're, we're doing the cold water immersion. We're doing the breathing work. We have of course the physical training, which is yeah. super, super important. But if you're if you're just training hard physically, then you're not you're probably not going to be ready mentally. Yeah. So we have to make sure we're tapping into both of those. So we have a Steel Ready program. We do a remote coaching, but we also coach right here in Coronado as well. So we do okay. two day training events for our clients, exclusive event, and we do in person training. But man, it's uh, it's. We brought in so many different, like a lot of different eyes on us right now where people are reaching out that want to train like a SEAL, that don't want to yeah. become a SEAL. So we've, we've set up a separate program called Forge Elite, which is, it's it's kind of a exclusive thing mm-hmm. where they work a lot closer with me and it's, it's not really like we get a bunch of people in there, but it's people that want to level up in life and they want to yeah. take things to that next extreme level. They want to push themselves like they were a Navy SEAL, yeah. Exactly. So SEAL Ready Program... And then the Forge Delete. Where can it's they great. find out more about those two? So the Warrior Calling is yeah. our, our business. So it's the WarriorCalling.com And then we have an Instagram, of the Warrior Calling. Awesome. So you guys can check us out there. Beautiful,
0: man. Guys, check out Josiah. Check out the Warrior Calling, Forge Delete, and Seal Ready. You guys are not going to want to miss it. Dude, thanks so much for you coming on the show, out. brother. Absolutely, man. It's Love it, man. There. Thank you. Beautiful.